<laughs> you know, it's funny. This reminds me of a joke. See, there were two guys locked in a lunatic asylum. And one night, one night they decided they didn't like that anymore. They decided to escape. So they made it up to the roof, and there, just across this narrow gap, they see rooftops stretching across town, stretching to freedom. Now the first guy, he jumps right across no problem, but his friend, oh, no way, he's afraid of falling. So the first guy, he has an idea. He says, hey, I got this flashlight with me. I'll shine it across the gap between the buildings and you can walk across the beam and join me. But the second guy says, what do you think I am, crazy? You just turn it off when I'm halfway across. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. This. <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You are on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 166. Ooh, it's almost order number 66 of the Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolchai, and my co-pilots for this evening's adventure into podcasting the young, the restless, not fully Clark Gable anymore because he's got the beard, he's got the stash, he's looking gruff. Mm-hmm. Mr. Carlos. Buarguayo. The man we call Crunch Crunch, the man who zigged and zagged through traffic. Southern California traffic to get here on time. Mr. Less is here. <laughs> like he's in grade school. Present. Here so I won't get fined. There we go. There Present. No fine for you today. Yeah. Gonzalez. The man we call El Hombre. The man who wasn't here with us last week because he was investing in a startup toy store. Because he spent so much money on merchandise that he can probably open one up very soon. Mr. Eric is broke as can be now. Strathers. <laughs> the man that I will never call Tom again is Sire. Mr. King Tom Chansky. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Who are you to wave your finger? You must have been out your hair. We are very excited again because we have one of our great friends on. It's going to be a fun podcast. I hold deep in muddy waters. You practically raised the dead. We got a plethora of people out here, but we have the beard of knowledge, the host 
of not one great podcast, but two. Rogue One, a Star Wars podcast for winners, and the wonderful Blue Harvest podcast. Please welcome back to the Sith Lair, Mr. Haas Burkhart. What's up, buddy? Ow. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, my man? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. We were trying to get you on last week, but we have thugs living around here and they, they mess with my fiber optics, as they say. So mean Streets of Montclair. Mean Streets of Montclair. The mean fucking Streets of Montclair. Scorsese's going to do a film about it, this city in a couple of years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, wow. just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I love my city. Thank you for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. How's everybody doing, Mr. Struthers? You almost went bankrupt. <clears throat> yeah, man. Force Friday was uh, good and bad for me all at the same time. I, I have zero self-control when it comes to buying super dope star wars toys and most of the stuff i wanted was just sitting there for the taking so i took it in exchange for copious amounts of cash how much would that copious amount be i spent probably around 500 bucks damn on my face twice it was on one item well you know that's great i'm gonna i'm we're gonna talk about that in a little bit once we Uh get into triple force friday because i do have a question about collectors because we don't collect Mm -hmm. like I, i listened to the bad motivators today I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. It was great. You had Chris Fresh, the one and only Chris Fresh on from the Geek Dudes plug. And I demand to be on that podcast very soon. <laughs> I'm not a collector. I could really give a rat's ass about collecting, but I love the things that people collect. So when I listened to the enthusiasm and the excitement, and I think I put up a tweet that said, I listened to four guys talk about how Black Series toys aren't fitting into a hole. And I was like, really enthralled with it. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, you know, maybe I should collect. But well done on the uh, episode, buddy. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Chris Fresh is a great guest. And if you're not listening to the Geek Dudes podcast that he is the host of, you're missing out. If you really like cursing and dirty, dirty language and talk about very inappropriate things, and sometimes geekdom, dude, Geek Dudes is your show. They're great. They're fantastic. And we got to have him on again because listening to the show today, I was like, God, having Chris on, having Hawes on, having Johnny on or whoever else honestly feels like we're just sitting back shooting the shit and having a great time. And that's what it's all about. King Tom, how are you, buddy? I'm keeping it together. Yeah. You're going to be on just for a Star Wars talk and then you have to head out, correct? Yeah, pretty much. That's okay. I appreciate you even making the effort. And I think it's only because you found out Hawes was going to be here. It's, it's scheduling and stuff. Yeah, Haas is going to be here. But that's okay. I would have too. I would have too. I wasn't going to come and record tonight, but Haas. Well, thanks for making it awkward for me. <laughs> Just kidding, Ozzy. Just kidding. Boo, you were in San Francisco? I was. I, there's rumors that you went to Lucasfilm? Perhaps. Um, I may have uh, had a conversation with uh, Pablo Hidalgo. Maybe not. Maybe. Was he, was he, I, I can't disclose. Was he drinking coffee? Uh, no, he was actually looking at his phone and listening to uh, his headphones. Interesting. Yeah, he just literally walked by. He walked into the door and yeah. then walked through another set of doors that we couldn't go through. That was it. I got a question for you. Did you get to go inside or is it like, how does that work? So yeah, so there's like a like a lobby reception area where there's like a receptionist slash security guard because she looked like she could kick my ass. Ronda Rousey's working there. Pretty much, pretty much. I looked at her. I was like, no, you're not the stereotypical receptionist. I was like, um, yeah, and it, she didn't like she didn't address us, so it seemed like this happens a lot. So just don't 
do anything stupid. Right. Just look around. Don't touch anything. That kind of thing. There was a lot of cool shit there, actually. Like really? stuff I'd, I'd like never seen or I didn't know existed and things like that. So yeah, just like on the bookshelves and a bunch of different books. It's not just like all Star Wars books. There was a bunch of cool stuff. It was really cool being in there. And the pleasant there, the really nice thing is it was a surprise because Brittany and I were just... We were just taking a walk down the bay, which is really, really beautiful. The weather was perfect. It was a great time. And then we just ended up there. I was like, I did not know where we were. You know, I, I kept on asking. I was like, you know, where are we walking to? You know, what are we doing? And we ended up at Lucasfilm. I was like, oh, shit, this That's is awesome. Crazy. Yeah, so it was it was very cool. Very cool, man. We missed you and Eric last week. I know. I missed you guys, too. I oh, missed you guys, very too. Nice. Yeah. Very nice of you. And uh, Luke Cruiser, the second mm-hmm. baddest motivator, came on and <laughs> filled in. So thank you again, Luke. Attaboy, Luke. Appreciate that. Mr. Uh, Gonzalez, how you doing? Would he be a batter motivator? Because then is it bad, batter, baddest? Well, well, the baddest. Is Eric. Yeah. And then he'd be. A bad motivator? Batter. Batter. A batter motivator? Mm-hmm. And then and the bad one would be Dallas. Dallas is just the bad motivator. Yeah. <laughs> Did I start something here? I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. He's our Probably. hierarchy as far as motivators. That's okay. That's okay. All right. You doing all right other than your haikus here? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure some things out. Okay. Before we start, I do want to go back again and talk to Eric about something. I, when I was listening to the show today, this is like a big plug for Bad Motivators, evidently, this podcast. But when I was listening to the show today, he said something that everybody really glossed over real quick. He was performing on stage at this biker huge rally thing, like Sons of Anarchy thing. And I think, Eric, uh, can you please let everybody and our listeners and our guests know what was on stage with you? Okay, so at this thing, it's a big biker fest. It's there's a lot of debauchery and whatnot. Like just for example, out in front of the stage, the stage is a good eight feet high, and um, even higher as it kicks out because it's on sort of like a a sloped piece of ground. But there's these two bird cages where there's always chicks dancing in there naked. Now, mind you, they're not getting paid to. They just really like they're just naked. Man. Right, right. And uh, like, I'm pretty sure two people were having sex in one of them. <laughs> but oh. there's this guy that they hire who's a fire breather, and he will hire this these hot chicks who will the like either they'll breathe they'll breathe fire, like dance around with with stuff on fire. And the, at one point, he brings these two girls <laughs> up, and they're like all the way out on this kickout, like writhing around on the stage. They come back up and he motions them over to come over by like where I'm playing, me and the bass player. They both turn around and whip up their skirts and bend over and pull their underwear over and they have light up butt plugs in. Say what? And um, they're flashing and I'm like, wow, that's that's something special. Uh, (laughs) And so when... Nobody had anything to say about it. I just casually mentioned, yeah, they should, they're light up butt plugs. And so Jessica Schrader was texting me earlier and she goes, I hope I didn't make too much of a big deal about that online. I'm like, no, no, not at all. She goes, when I first heard it, I thought you meant that they were actually, they had them in when you saw them. But now I'm guessing that they just like showed them to you. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Correction. They, they were utilizing them for oh. the fashion in which they were intended. And they were her reaction was so good. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was pretty wild. It was crazy times. And I, I had to hurry never, up and get out of there so I could get home for Force Friday. I have never <laughs> not wanted to be in an awesome cover band more in my life. 
No, thank oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah. And I'm sure you, Eric, you would know with yeah. having a cover band and it's an 80s cover band thing. I'm sure you see that shit all the time. I would imagine. Dude, that's a pretty wild game. Well, no, no, us. not the butt plug thing. Not the butt yeah, plug thing. Yeah, no, but he, he sees some... It gets, Luminous sure. ass corks is not something you probably see. Wow. You know what I mean? That's a good way to put actually, it. Actually, that's a that's name for a lot of name. things. That is actually that is a, a band name. A band, a video game. Garage the goddamn scientist. All the <laughs> I know. I mean, wow. Lum- Luminous That's ass a podcast corks. show right there, Luminous man. Wow. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to get dive into it, deep into it. I think, it, I think you... Uh, oh, I think you Crack the code for the luminous beings thing that Lucasfilm is working on. Yeah. That's it. Oh. Yeah, that's it. And that's it. Glow in the dark, new ride. Yikes. I guess. <laughs> All right, we ready? How's, how's the podcast going, man? Let us let's let's get into that a little bit, real quick. How's Blue uh, Harvest? How's Rogue One? Luminous, luminous butt they plugs. Are, anything like that? No, they are going much more calmly than Eric's uh, gig last week. I'll say that. <laughs> I mean. Bud plugs may be involved, but they don't require battery power. <laughs> They're just the hosts. Uh, I ain't trying uh, to shock the monkey. Oof. Whoa. Hey, hey, now. Well, I'm glad. And you have Patreon on Blue Harvest? Uh, yeah, it's a good time. We uh, have a bunch of different bonus shows. I actually just posted one shortly before I got on the call with you guys. It's uh, Cooking with Will. Oh, that's world, World-renowned chef Will Witten. Amazing chef, even though I've never tasted his food. But I'm sure he's great. Great. And King Tom also helps out with that, correct? He does. I have a yeah. show with uh, our buddy Tom talking about Star Wars video games. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, fantastic. So, guys, check into that. All that stuff will be on the show notes. So we'll get into that and do the whole Twitter thing at the end. But let's get into the shenanigans. Let's do the Weekend Geek. Let's do the uh, introductions here. We are proud members of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Tune into podcasts like Now This is Podcasting, Blue Harvest, as we just spoke about. Steel Wars, Rogue One, Podcast 27, First Order Transmission, The Cargo Hold, Kessel Run Radio, Fingered by Rainy and Jason, Tatooine Sons, and Around the Galaxy. Check us out on social media, thesithlist.net. Email us, thesithlist at gmail.com, and we'll do all of our Twitter stuff. Go to Public to buy some merch. And go to iTunes and like us and rate us and do whatever those... Review. Th- review us and do whatever those things are, because they're important. That is the shenanigans for the week. Let's get into the box office. It was a massive, massive week. A record-breaking week for Warner Brothers. The Joker delivers the largest October opening ever with $93.5 million, And it's at $260 million worldwide so far. It killed everything. So $96 million overall throughout the weekend. Then Abominable, $11 million, And then Downtown Abbey, $7 million. So the Joker absolutely killed it. Um, No pun intended. This week, and we're going to talk, here's the deal about the Joker. I know everybody's anticipating to listen to this and get our whole take on the Joker, but nobody's seen it other than me, uh, I believe. And so we're going to wait till next week to talk about it. It's killing me, but it's going to be good because everybody's going to be able to watch it, most of us, and we can break it down and... and, um, and see what all of our opinions are. But I will say one thing. I thought it was one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Overall as a film. Not a comic book film. Just overall as a film. Not even thinking about the background of the story. Taking all that out of my head. It was done extremely well. One of the best things you've seen in 10 years on the big screen. Even if I saw it at home. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cinematography, the direct. I'm saying in combination of it all together, it was like a super team out there. The film. You know what I mean? 
boo. As a film. <laughs> Cinema. And we're going to get into that in a little bit because my boy Scorsese shat on some, some of our favorite films. But, yes. you know, I digress. We'll talk about it later. I do I also want to talk about El Camino comes out this week. Mm-hmm. And I know Hawes was a massive Breaking Bad fan. Yes, and sir. Are you very excited about this? I am. I, uh, <clears throat> I'm debating on whether I will be staying up late tomorrow after Will and I record and watching it as soon as it goes up on Netflix or waiting until Friday morning and watching it then. But I am very, very excited. I am too. And I noticed that some of the theaters around here, yes. Les and Boo, are playing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which- my, my question is, do you or have you felt the need to watch any Breaking Bad prior to this? To refresh? Yeah. Just to get a lot of people, A lot of people are doing that. Just to get, you know, like, Get right back to it because I know that uh, Better Call Saul is like a whole different ball game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they said that you don't have to be, that is not going to tie in. That's what I'm saying. But like, if you watch a couple episodes of Breaking Bad, I'm sure just get your blood pumping. It's like uh, going to an amusement park. You get my blood pumping, and you get that first roller coaster. You know, just to get it out of the way and get get going. And like, okay, now the rest of the day is going to be cake. No, I was actually going to try and. Because it's one of those things we knew was coming for a while. It's like they tried to make it seem like it was a big surprise, but it got out that they were making this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I had, and no, I, had Pause, I had no idea. I had no idea. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, my, I like a goosebumps. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I had no clue. I don't know where. And I even said that on the podcast, like, where the hell were we when this like broke, like the news broke? Yeah. Yeah, Crazy. it was getting out there. I. I remember right around the time they started filming, there was a lot of articles like, is it possible that they're filming a secret Breaking Bad movie? And then the rumor came out that it was going to be on Netflix before it was on AMC and all that stuff. So uh, I planned on trying to rewatch the whole series before the movie, but just never got around to it. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are doing that. It's crazy segue because Aaron Paul... They asked the same exact question, Aaron Paul. How many did you have to watch to get into it? And this is what he had to say. He was talking to the Hollywood Reporter. I know the story so well. I only had to rewatch one episode to try to try and understand where Jesse was at. And it was actually the episode that happens around the first scene of this film. So I had to rewatch this episode to understand his mindset. But that was it. Everything else was in my head. So I assume this thing starts off right where that one ends. Oh yeah, and that's what he's probably saw oh, the last yeah. episode. Okay. So it's interesting you asked that question, Les. I didn't even send you the show notes. Hmm. <laughs> so that's your yeah, box that's, office. Um, I'm excited. I cannot wait. Now, are you gonna? If you have the opportunity to see it in a theater, would you rather see it in a theater or would you rather see it at home? Man, uh, you know what? I would rather just watch it at home. Yeah, because that's how we that's how we watch Breaking Bad. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you too. Okay, but for us, we saw Survival Sunday: The Walking Dead. In the theater. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Why not give it a whirl? Hey, don't, don't get me wrong. If if somebody wants to babysit, I'd love to come out and, <laughs> and, uh, and go with you. Sure, let's do it. It's absolutely That's all good. I'm saying. Is, I mean, for us, yeah, it, we, we had that experience, so it just might parallel or be even better. You know? Yeah, I'm sure. I hope it does well in the theaters. And they're, they're releasing a theater just for Oscar intention and consideration. Wow, really? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why they do it now. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Walking Dead, they're going to do that with the... Uh, Rick Grimes films. I would imagine they're going to be out in theaters and on. So they 
MC. automatically jumped into the League of Oscars instead of no, the no, no, no. It's just no, no. I'm not saying that. F- <laughs> I'm sure that won't, but this will. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Don't those, don't discount Andrew Lincoln here. Well, everybody's yeah. discounted him for years. I, I thought he deserved an Emmy at least. Ad, he's several, yeah, several. But, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That's the box office. Uh, Eric, are you ready to jump back into the seat and talk about some Star Wars? Absolutely, but I'm going to need everybody's help to do this. Okay. So let me ask you this, Araj. This is one of the first things you have on here in the notes that we talked yeah. about is, is Wedge back? Right. What sort? What are you seeing? Let me ask you that first. There's an, a Spanish cover of a novel that's coming out. I think King Tom would probably know more about this. But there is a picture of Wedge next to Poe Dameron, and it's Wedge. I mean, it, like they've they pretty much. There's a picture of Wedge like that like two weeks ago, and they compared it. It's like the exact look. When I was talking to you earlier this week, Eric, I was like, first of all, is this true? Second of all, do they have the right to make a character look like you, even though you haven't been in the fold for thirty years or forty years? King Tom, do you know if this thing is legit or not? I. I don't I'm a bit unclear on that. I know they got it off of some website in Argentina. Yes, I because it, yeah, because the cover was in Spanish. Right. It's legit and Wedge is in the movie. Ooh, that's a bingo. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. Is that right? You hear it here? I'm, Probably not first. Uh I am pretty sure that he's in the movie. Oh my sweet lord. There. Well, well, well. Well, 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 I you think know, it's he great, does have man. A black, he does have a Black Series figure coming out. He does. Uh-huh. It, uh-huh. Funny how that works out, right? Like, right. Yeah. That is so cool. Does Alpatine. Oh, well, there it is. And so does Anakin. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, they re- reissued the Anakin Black Series not uh-huh. that long ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, well, there it is. There yep, it is. The archive series. There you go. So what do you think uh, about that? Well, what do you guys think about all this? I'm surprised. Just because of how long he said he's not interested, but hey, cool, man. Good on him. Hot damn. That's yeah, I'm, I think it's exciting. I'm not expecting it to be something huge, you know, like it'll probably be nice little role. It's not like he's going to be a major part of the story. I think I'm looking cool. forward to the explanation of where the hell he's been for the past right. two movies. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good question. He's looking good. Like the the picture that I saw of him, he's looking pretty good for his age, and he's I think he can rock it, man. Why not? And any, oh, yeah. any anybody from the old old films, man, if you can bring him back, it just rounds is, everything is off. Even, isn't there some deal where at one point they dubbed over his voice? Yes, <sighs> in the briefing scene in A New Hope. Okay, so it's the the fake wedge, the the the, the head and body, but the real wedge's voice. I believe that's how it works out, okay. right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, but good on him, man. But so anyway, speaking of Black Series figures, you see what I did there? I did. Triple Force Friday was this past weekend, and boy, oh boy, as we teased at the front end of the show, I spent a chunk of money. the The offerings this time, man, they actually put out quite a bit of stuff. Uh, the wave of Black Series figures, if anybody's hip to that, was actually eight figures deep, which was kind of surprising. <laughs> Some stores just <laughs> pretended like the day didn't exist, and they're still pretending that. 
here it is almost a week later as we record this. Now, obviously, I'm into collecting Black Series figures, but what about the rest of you guys? Did any of you go venture out and get you any cool, cool Star Wars gear? You know, I didn't, but my brother did. My brother showed up to my mom's house with the character from the game, from Fallen Order. That oh, Black Series. Cool. Yeah, and he like showed me, and I thought he was going to give it to me, but no, fucker, he stopped it. <laughs> I was like, well, you don't even collect. He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah but just look how cool this looks. He's, got, oh, he's, he's like, like, looks at how cool it is over here and not in your hands. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, it has a little robot that goes on his shoulder, too. I go, I know the fucking robot. Okay. But yeah, he didn't give it to me. But my brother got something. I didn't. Anybody else? I, uh, we, I didn't go out on Force Friday. We had some car issues that I had to take care of. So that kind of put a dent in my Force Friday spending. But I did a little, little bit of no Eric Strathers level damage but i did a little damage online i got the target exclusive mandalorian figure and i got the three target exclusive boba fett pops they did and i got the funko new york comic-con exclusive mandalorian pop very mandalorian themed for my yes I, i see i see that i see that I bought one today. I bought a uh, first day exclusive, whatever those things are called, in the white box black series. Yeah, of the Mandalorian. yeah, yeah. The- cool, man. Good. That's a good score. Where'd you find him? In a Facebook group for twenty five bucks. Well, damn. Well, well, speak. Speaking of those first edition black series figures in the white boxes. If you've ever thought, man, I bet being Eric's friend would be neat. Well, guess what? Here's your chance. I'm looking for four of them that I haven't managed to get. So if anybody has the Mandalorian, the second sister, Ray, and the... You know what? I'll take any of them. Any of them at all. Just, just, send, crazy. just send them Eric's way. Yeah, just send them to me and everything will be fine. King Tom, you do anything? Yeah, I, uh, I went to Target. On at on Friday morning, just after dropping my kids off before going into work, I got I got some Christmas shopping and got most of those the new what is it the five inch figure lines Galaxy ba- of Adventures yeah Galaxy of Adventures uh, they, cool. they look pretty cool, cool. I got I got a, a pop a Ray pop and some mini mystery pops for myself I got Kylo and one of the knights oh, nice. I, was, I was glad I didn't get two three cool. POs because that's been my luck with these things usually oh, damn three PO. Well, here's here's what I was talking about in the beginning of the podcast. The question that I want to ask King Tom, Eric, mm-hmm. and Haas is collecting the of the collecting mm-hmm. of these toys. Has it completely just taken the fun out of of not for you guys, but for kids? Parents aren't buying Black Series toys or these cool starships and these big ass Legos for their kids anymore. Kids aren't are getting the sloppy seconds on everything. They're getting the small three to three quarter, whatever the hell they call it. Has it completely gone the other way where kids are not playing with these toys? Doesn't that hurt the brand at the end of the day? I mean, I don't know it's that it's because they're not providing a product for kids because this whole galaxy of adventures line that they're doing is directly aimed at that market. I think it's the kids don't have interest in toys like that. Like we did as kids, not as much anymore. They make stuff for kids doesn't sell. I agree with that. But here's the question. If I'm a kid, if I'm nine or 10 years old and I see a black series and it compared to my little, little small toy, I don't want the small toy, and I'm not going to play with that small toy, knowing that there's a better toy out there. Does that make sense? 
It's like my mom giving me the GoBots. I didn't want to play with those fucking GoBots because there were Transformers out. So I stopped watching the GoBots. So are we really making this harder for the franchise? Meaning at the end of the day, kids aren't playing with it. When they grow up, they're not going to have the same love as we. Like in 20 years, are kids now going to be collecting Black Series Star Wars toys? Yes. Oh, you think so? Well, it's that's the thing. Like they, the reason Black Series exist is because collectors are who buy the products Mm -hmm. you make the products that sell the reason that different lines and star wars don't exist anymore is because they don't sell what does sell is black series you see what i'm saying so like they're they're playing to their market the reason they make these type of things is for collectors and for people that want things in a bigger scale more detailed you know extra accessories and things of that nature Right, right. Okay. And then also you you're you have the fear that the enjoyment and love will be gone. It'll just be a piece of plastic in a box. That's your fear, correct? Now my fear is that kids aren't going to be playing with that's, it. That's what I'm saying. Because they're, they're inferior to the other products. Uh-huh. So in five, ten years, they would they're not gonna give a shit about Star Wars. They're not like gonna have, they're gonna buy toys. What 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 my thinking is is that at some point you know, like Hawes has a passion for collecting. You know, Struthers has a passion for collecting, but it's it's driven by their love for Star Wars yes, and, and the yes, way they sir. felt as kids. Right. What I think might happen later on, if that does happen, is that the love will be taken away, but the passion for collecting has never gone away. People collect stamps, coins, and a lot of it is for financial gain at some point. A hell of a collection for, you know, valued yeah, at sure. whatever it is. So I, I think at the worst, the love for something, for something, a uh, collection of Black Series might go away, but the financial drive will still always be there. So I, I think people will always collect everything, <clears throat> everything, to be honest. But, you know, the, the love for it might disappear, which is sad, but people will still collect, yes. And I understand what you're driving at, but let me just give you some anecdotal evidence. You're for ruining Maya. toys for everyone. That's what he's no, trying no, to I'm say. No, no, I'm not shitting on it. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I know parents aren't buying kids. You're the problem. The coolest Star Wars shit. No, go, and that's go what ahead, sucks. Eric. Well, yeah, honestly, man, because I spend an inordinate amount of time in stores in the toy section, I can tell you what is and isn't walking out of the shelves. Toys in general aren't as big a sellers as they used to be. It's... Mm-hmm. When you have a franchise like Star Wars, for example, where grown-ass people are buying a ton of it, that's great for them. Because grown-ass people are dumb, and they'll spend more money on it than they would a toy for a kid. Because whatever emotional pull that has on us, Mm -hmm. we're willing to pay more of a premium for it. But as far as my kids go, they like playing with all of the scale Star Wars toys all at one time. It doesn't matter to them that... Ray is a six inch series Ray, but my Poe Dameron is uh, one of the 12 inch figures. And then this guy over here is, well, they just, they just play with them. Henry loves all of them. Okay. He likes the smaller ones because they'll fit in his ships. My son, he, he had a fit tonight because he broke his Darth Vader uh, Galactic Heroes. Oh, he broke one okay. of the legs off of it. And like, he loves those and he mixes and mingles those with the larger ones. And, you know, my kids, like Eric's, are are younger, so th- they they like their toys. They don't go crazy for them. If they want something for Christmas, a lot of times it's something digital or a video game or an experience. Yeah. But they, the the toys they have, they, it's not like oh, this is a collectible. I'm going to love it and take care of it. They yeah, they bash them together. Yeah, they fuck and, it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what that's why I was asking you guys with having kids. 
do they care? And so if they don't care, that's great because even if they're playing with the small ones, they'll by the time they get older, they'll want those black series and they can be able to afford it once they get older. That's what I was just worried about that the love is going to be gone by the time they grow up because they're not buying it. I just think that with their, they don't differentiate, right? They don't just go, oh, sorry, this is a black series. I'm going to not touch this one at all. It's just like, hey, well, that's we're all cool. Star Wars. Let's yeah. just do our thing. Well, that's great to hear. Because right. ultimately, they still will ask and they're going to get to an age where they'd rather have the you know, Battlefront or mm-hmm. Fallen Order because it's digital and they can play those games later as they get older. So that's right. where maybe the loss goes. But my kids have an emotional tie to their toys. They love their toys in a way that, I mean, they play with them. Yeah. And, but, but 20 years from now, I suspect that my daughter will reminisce about her My Little Pony toys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They still mean a lot to the kids. So, yeah, then that's what I'm getting at is we all had that same love. And that's why some of us, like you guys, are still collectors because of that love when you were a kid. I just, the, the where I was getting at is I hope that these kids still have that love. And I don't know because I don't have, I mean, I have a kid, but he doesn't play with toys yet. But you guys do, but you guys have reinforced that. They do, so which is great. Yeah, they do. Great news. Yeah. Okay. Awesome, man. So, okay, we should have a trailer coming. There's been like mixed reviews on when it's going to be, and now it's looking like, as opposed to being the 14th, which we were all hoping for, that it's going to be the 21st. Oh, is that right? I didn't hear that. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, Black Series Rebels said trailer October 21st. You can take that shit to the bank. Oh, damn! Black Series Rebel. Yeah, maybe that's the case. But since we're expecting a trailer, mm-hmm. what do you think we're going to see in it? What do you want to see in it? I'd like to see some Knights of Ren in it. We haven't seen them, like, actually in any uh, footage footage yet, just pictures and stuff. That would be cool. I don't know, man. I'm just ready for whatever they want to show me. Like, I don't need the first trailer. I'm going to see it. Like, I'm excited <laughs> for a trailer. And I'm excited to check it out and try to break it down. But, yeah, other than that, I don't. Give me what they want to give me. I'm just ready to see the movie. The logo just is good enough for all of us. Trust me. That's true. I, I wonder if we're going to see some training se- sequences with Leia and Ray. That would be kind of cool. And are we going to see the Emperor? Are we physically in physical form? Are we going to see the Emperor? That's kind of what I want to see. I want to see if they're going to well, show that. The thing is, if you, if you take a look at the two things we've gotten already, both, you know, we got the Sheev laugh at Celebration and then with the D23 thing, we got Dark Ray. Both two holy shit moments you think yeah, that right. they would say for the movie. So are we going to get a holy shit moment with this trailer or teaser or whatever they're calling it? Oh, I bet. Oh, big I time. bet. And just no matter how big that is, they're going to be saving bigger things for the movie. Although mm-hmm. I think in terms of what I want, trailer night, I think we went over last week what I want to get trailer night. Tickets. Tickets. Yeah, exactly. That's me for sure, man. Yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting. We'll probably get some more Lando. That we'll would get, be very cool. Yeah, I would love to see it. I can't wait, man. It's coming up. Uh, it was weird is it's come I mean, we're only months away and weeks away, fucking right? weeks away and at this point. Yeah, I think for me, man, I just love seeing any new imagery. Because let's be real, with unless you're like knee deep in in spoiler territory, for the most part, the, nobody knows what is going on in the movie. It's not like whenever we were coming out of The Force Awakens leading into The Last Jedi, you had an idea, okay, well, here's what happened. Luke was standing there looking at Rey, and she was holding the saber out. Well, and we at least got to address this, this, and this. 
coming out of the last Jedi into this, it's like, uh, well, I see they're doing stuff, but what's going on? I, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what the whole story is. And then hearing the Emperor laugh just like throws throws a wrench in the whole bit. What I want to see is something that's going to make the general Joe moviegoer think, oh my god, I have to go see this. That's what I want to see in the trailer. That's that's exactly right. And so when you say a big, there's going to be a big surprise or you know big tell. I think there is because they're going to have on this one. They're going to have to sell it to fans that aren't huge fans and want to go see it multiple. You know what I mean? Like the ones that they're mm-hmm. trying to get. Yeah, Eric, I think you're 100% right on that. Especially because they haven't promoted it at all up to this point. I don't know. We've always questioned this. We always question their promotional strategies and all that. <laughs> yeah. And let's face it, the movies have done pretty well <laughs> yeah, minus okay. Solo. But yeah, I think I'm sure they know what they're doing. Yeah. Or we couldn't. I'm going to go see the movie no matter what multiple times so so i saw this thing and i think hawes you could probably tell me what this was from was it like one of the visual dictionaries or something where it was talking about the knights of ren and it said they're not even sure what their species oh that is is from the newest edition of ultimate star wars so that's like one of it's it's like almost like a Star Wars dictionary, and I think this is the third or fourth revision they've done. The last one I got, I think, was around The Force Awakens, so they republish it every now and then and <clears throat> update it and stuff. Like This one has entries for all the Star Wars Resistance characters and things like that. And yeah, it's got an entry about the, the, uh, the Knights of Ren that sounds pretty interesting that's like, says that their species is unknown, that it almost makes it seem like they're permanently trapped in their armor or some shit. I can't remember. Dang. So we're definitely not going to see them without their masks. It doesn't sound like it. That's kind of cool, though. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With news like that, do you think that we'll end up, the Knights of Ren will just be like a blip on the radar? Or do you think they'll have a really integral part to play in this movie? I don't know, man. Like, it's weird because they're one of those question marks that we've had since the beginning of the sequel trilogy. You know, not, the term Knights of Ren was one of those things we were hearing, like, in the lead up to The Force Awakens and, like, Entertainment Weekly articles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kylo Ren is the leader of the Knights of Ren, and we get this brief flash of them in the force awakens and they're not in the last Jedi at all. And then you got to figure they have got a lot of stuff to cover in this last movie. So how much attention can they really get? I think honestly, the best we can hope for is a really kick-ass fight scene. Like the Praetorian guards got. Yeah, exactly. And Haas, do you remember the rumors from the force awakens where that was supposed to happen on Oct two where the Knights of Ren came down and Kylo came down. Oh, sorry, Last Jedi, um, where yeah. they're supposed to come down and Luke was supposed to save the day with Rey and beat the shit out of all of them. So I wonder if we're going to get something like that in this one. That would well, be like a field battle kind of thing. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. I think that's what we see Kylo running through, right? In one of the TV spots that we've seen? Well, we don't know if the Knights of Ren are with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, where he slams the dude. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. Don't, yeah we don't know. Maybe they might be right behind him. <laughs> I think yeah, it's the rock I, bottom that he pulls off. <laughs> That is a rock bottom. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I I think, you know, 
you got to hope that you you put that much design work, give them distinctive looks and weapons. You would hope that at least they get a little bit of a time to shine, but I'm not expecting character development for them. No. That's for books and novels to come, you know, right. like thinking realistically. There's there's going to be that comic uh, coming out. I think the first yeah. issue hits right before Rise of Skywalker and then the rest after. And I'm just going to say Grenade Face is my boy. Yeah. Well, uh, the author, <laughs> Charles Sewell, that's how you Sewell. Say it? Yeah. Yep. I saw on Twitter either yesterday or the day before someone asked him if, if you should read that first if, issue before or after you see the rise of Skywalker. And he was like, definitely before. Oh shit. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, whoever it was that asked him that is oddly such a big deal that, that Charles Sewell was like, Oh man, I better get on this and answer it. Stat. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was it doing was King a. Tom. No, uh, I I asked him a question. Yeah, no, I asked him another yeah. question, and he uh, something having to do with it, something that happened in a in a comic he wrote with uh, Anakin and Palpatine, and he said something like something like search your feelings. So uh, that's that's the answer I got. <laughs> that was cool. I saw that. I was trying yeah. to make you look cool, man. Uh, thanks, Eric. Thanks. You don't well, you still no got an answer, so that, you Eric? do look cool. Yeah, you still got an answer, buddy. Kinda. What do you think the end of the credit scene is going to be? I'm just kidding. No. no. <laughs> Can you imagine they pull some shit? No. It'll be, I'll tell you what it is. It's going to be Anakin being born, and it's going to turn out that it's just Stephen King's Dark Tower, the Gunslinger uh-huh. series, where it just starts over at the end, and nobody knows. It's the Matrix. They better get security in the theaters if that's going to happen, because oh I'm going to fucking Hulk out. <laughs> Berserker Hulk. I believe Berserker Hawk. You wouldn't be the only one either. They'd be like, going, "What the damn? What the fuck?" Well, they leave it now, completely ambiguous. It'll be it'll be Shmi waking up from a dream or something. Straight, oh um, my god! Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! If G- Carlos, dude, <laughs> why would you do, do that to me? Bro? Can you imagine that? What does your heart tell you? Don't imagine that. That would be that would be the that worst. would be the laziest thing. Jr. is gonna wake up. It'll be Bob Newhart waking up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Suzanne Plachette going, it was just a dream. Oh, man. I can't believe oh, they did that. Man. That was pretty funny, though, when they did that. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, now, was. I'm, I definitely do not want an after credit. I like that's a Marvel thing. I don't want them mm-hmm. to do that in Star Wars, mm-hmm. even though, they, like, let's be honest, Solo tr- tried to do it within the body of the movie, sort of with the whole Darth Maul thing. Like, that's a classic after credit sequence that would be in a. Marvel movie, but just mm-hmm. in the actual body of the movie. Right. But if they decided to do one, it was like, oh, you guys really thought this was going to be the end? This is fucking Star Wars. It never ends. There's an episode 10 coming sometime. Tomorrow. I would not, I would not be mad. I'd be nope. like, hey, I wish they didn't do it like that, but I'm totally cool with it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Or how about it says, Homer Simpson here, proud addition to the Disney family and soon appearing on Disney Plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Click here to subscribe. Uh, yeah. Give us your money, Why bitch. Not? Don't forget to sign up at the kiosk on your way out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, w- one thing. <laughs> that would suck so bad, dude. Talk about riots. Subscribe. I do think an in credit scene that you're right. I don't want to see that in, in Star Wars. I, I'll sit and all the way till the end mm-hmm. of the credits. It, mm-hmm. At least the first time I go see it. But it just made me think how it end game because of how long the movie was. They're telling you. 
there's no scene after the credits. Get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're needing to turn that theater over. Yeah. Seriously, they come in. Soon as the music started playing, they're like, get out. There's nothing. Go. They're like, fuck you. I want to hear Iron Man's banging on that thing. <laughs> yeah, then yeah, fuck the, off. the hammer and all that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys hear my cat singing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I heard it. I heard a little something going on there. Is that Walter That's White? Walter White. Yep, he's Hell excited yeah. for the movie too. He's yeah. pumped up. <laughs> he's really pumped up. One thing I meant to mention, man, I want to throw this out here. You know, very consistently when we're talking about any Star Wars event you know, celebration, we always say this, but that it's about the people. The experience is is great, but it's the people and your interactions with them that you remember and talk about later. Uh, Triple Force Friday was no exception to that rule for me because whenever I got to the Target and was waiting for it to open, there were two other guys standing there, and one of them was uh, he he wasn't there for Triple Force Friday, but it, this other guy, it turns out that he's really good friends with my buddy Luke Metz that was at celebration with me, and this dude was there, but I never ran into him because we were too busy being podcast famous all of us to be able to 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 meet the 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 plebes you know but uh dude we're like best friends now hanging out waiting for the store to open as a matter of fact he went as far as like we were there then we went and met at a walmart kind of by accident and he was headed to gamestop and i was headed to mr donut to have breakfast with my sweet hot wife and uh i said hey if you're there and they only have a couple of the exclusive carbonized second sisters there would you pick one up i can venmo you the money and then i'll figure out how to get it to you he texts me later he goes man are you still at mr donut <laughs> here he just shows up hands me the figure won't let me pay him for it no way out. that's yep. rad that's it was a awesome. force friday miracle wow <laughs> triple force friday bringing dreams to life yep that's right i don't know well, that's great. I got one free figure and still spent five hundred dollars. You would think <laughs> you spend kids, like five hundred no bucks. college for you. Yeah, not at <laughs> all. Thank you. You're all on your own, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all my Star Wars stuff is mine. The kids are all yeah, right. I'm gonna sell all your shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, welcome to the home, Dad. Yeah. I didn't buy my kids anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I got you something I could let them play with, probably. You deserve a day, dude. I do, man. I do. Yeah. Oh, what is kind of nice is my birthday is, um, well, it's the day this show comes out. It'll be my birthday. And I've bought all the stuff that Amanda has given me for my birthday. Oh, I care. That's cool. Just wrap so you up. won't be disappointed. Happy that's birthday, right. bro. Happy birthday this Sunday. Thanks, man. Thank that's you. Right. But yeah, I've, bought, I've already paid for everything out of like my gig money. Here, give this to me. That's for cool. my birthday. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So thank you, Mr. Strathers, for sitting back in that chair, guiding us through the galaxy full of wars unfortunately the king of all pods the man who runs the show the man who runs all networks has to leave because he probably has to go on another podcast king king tom before you say goodbye where can people find you real quick uh tom chansky on twitter and uh patreon shows for bad motivators blue harvest and steel wars and here on the sith list yes thank you for that plug buddy have a great night thank you thank you for coming in tonight is all about the plugs Oh, wow. Whoa. That's why I you're the king. I didn't get that at first. That's why you're the wow, king. Wow, the king of all pods right there. Dude, I, I, wish I, could, I wish I could hang out more, uh, but I'm sure I'll talk to everyone soon. Well, that's quite right. Thank you for making it. And that was a glowing statement. Oh, Back God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Said goodbye to a king. See ya. 
gentlemen, the king. Now let's get into some pop culture stuff. And I wanted to break this thing down. Since we're not talking about Joker, right, until next week. I do want to say, when I came out of the theater, and Lorena had the same feeling. When I came out of the theater, I had this feeling of an empty stomach, nervousness. Dread. Happy it was done, but also really appreciated what they did kind of feeling. So I was like, I want to talk to everybody about what movies have done that to you. What movies have ruined your day? When I was a kid, when I was sixth or seventh grade, I went to go see Platoon. And I walked, yeah, and I walked out of there just wrecked because, you know, I went in there going, oh, you know, I'm wearing camouflage and have my little, you know, G.I. Joes and shit. Came out of there going, holy fuck, holy fuck, 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 fuck. It, it, it really wrecked me. It was a fantastic film. What films have done that to you? Dude, I, it doesn't take much. Like, I don't like fucking what I like to call a white bummer movie. I bring this one up all the time. And it always freaks me out when someone's like, that's my favorite movie. <laughs> um, what Requiem for a Dream. No, thank you. It's interesting that you said that. I have that as one of the list of movies that did that to me. Not that it's one of my favorite movies. That made me feel that way as well. Good call. I remember as a younger kid, and this is actually a movie that I, I do like and I re- will rewatch, Seven. The end of Seven really <laughs> messed with me as a kid. Like, that's a rough one. I saw you with the box. What was in the box? There was this movie that Jesse and I watched with her family one time, and I can't remember what it is, but it's just... The whole movie is just two teenage girls getting fucked up the whole time. I think it's called 13. Okay. Uh, no, thank you. Don't need yeah. to see it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Evan Rachel Wood was the lead character. Rough. Yep. I can't do movies like that. Like, they bum me out. Like, I'd rather just watch Space Wizards and Dudes in Tights, you know, like, fight aliens and shit. Like, I'm okay with that. I know I don't have the most sophisticated taste in movies. I'm never going to be a movie critic. That's like, what's the emotional core of this movie? Like, nah, man, I, yeah. I'm okay without it. You just like going to movies and you just to go to movies and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's quite, it's quite all right. I so a, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to like Joker. If you do go see it, but. I, have, I, have, I have a movie that ruins my day. Usually when I see it, I think I know which one it is. No, you don't. Vigo Martinson. I heard that there's one with Vigo Martinson and his kid. Every time I oh, talk the road, about, yeah, uh, that's tough. But no, um, this one for me, it's a menace to society. Oh, hmm. yeah, that's and it, a and great it sucks movie. because spoiler, uh, <laughs> spoiler, the guy doesn't make it out. Like, no, they don't make it out of the hood. Like they loot, they end up getting what you, they reap what they sowed. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching it and you're going, okay, maybe there's a chance, and you know this is some rough shit, and then boom, you're just like, oh, come on. Really? Yeah, that is a rough like, one too. Really? Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. But all the ones you have on here, yeah. So on a here, couple of them are like, okay, they're not too bad. But I, oh, I don't want to tell them yet because I want to hear Eric's yeah. to see if it's because already Requiem is already on here. This this is be kind of a weird pick, man. But in 2005, there was this movie called Boogeyman. Uh, it's a horror film, hmm. and it was well, not the best horror film in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, there were some really cool filmic techniques. In it, so basically, this kid was like plagued by the boogeyman when he was young, and basically, his dad kind of tortured him for being a pussy 
over the whole thing, tied him mm. up in the closet, the whole bit. And as he's it, the way they filmed it and the way they would do like these moving forward, like camera jumps as the camera would move, dude, that movie was so dark. I, I left the theater after it was done. I, it was broad daylight out and I felt like there were just storm clouds following me the rest of the day. It wow. like was a dark just feeling over me and my, I, I guess I was probably married to my ex-wife at the time. Mine is uh, gone girl. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah that was, so, Oh uh, yeah. Cause the ending. Yeah. That I, I highly recommend the movie. I've only seen it once and I refuse to see it again. Cause it, it, it really did fuck with me. It scared the shit out of me. Hmm. I was Wait like a second. Is that the movie where you see Ben Affleck's luscious dick? You you see it for like a oh, millisecond. Yes, yes. You see it. Oh, and that's all you need, baby. Frame it no, no, no. You don't out. even like. I, I, I didn't freeze frame, but I, I was like, I was like, was I that his penis? I wasn't sure if that was hey, his penis. The Blu-ray shows it a was big time. Uh, big time. Yeah, <laughs> his love gun is there. His love gun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I highly recommend the movie because I've only seen it once. Great acting, great writing. You know everything in his fantastic. Yes, exactly. Yes, but the the entire movie fuck with me a ton. I was like, holy shit, that's terrifying. Because you know you have these ideas that you know there are awful people, they're serial killers, like we said with seven and things like that. But to see somebody actually put together a plan like that, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh man, that fuck with me. I've only seen it once. Scared the shit out of me. I was a really that was a really good one. Uh, here's some of the stuff that I have on the list here. Uh, Deer Hunter. Mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, Requiem, Platoon, like I said before. Apocalypse Now. You, 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 when you watch Apocalypse Now, at the end of Apocalypse Now, you want to take a deep breath. That's how I feel. Clockwork Orange was like that for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? <clears throat> Watching Joker, though, I felt a mix of... I mean, this was like... You could definitely see the influences of Taxi Driver, obviously. King of Comedy is, is a huge influence. And Mean Streets and Dog the Afternoon. Um, yeah, Phillips said that when they made the film, they wanted you to feel like you're watching a film from 1979 to 1982. That was their goal. And even when the movie first, right when it, the first thing that pops up is the old school Warner Brothers logo. Um, so they, they definitely give you that feel. Walking out of it kind of made me feel like what Eric was saying. Joaquin like, out of it? Good one. Joaquin out of it. Yeah, felt not good. Mm. Yeah. Can I tell you guys a quick story about Clockwork Orange? Please. Uh-oh. So almost eight years ago to the date, Jesse and I started dating, right? Mm-hmm. And so our first date, we went out to dinner. Uh, second date, she came over to my house and watched the season two premiere of The Walking Dead with my roommate and I. Our third date, my roommate was out of town, had the house to myself. She came over and I w- we were going to just watch a movie. And I didn't want to pick because if I pick the movie, it's going to be fucking sci-fi, Star Wars, superheroes, something like that, anime. So I let her pick the movie, and it takes her less than five minutes to be like, we should watch A Clockwork Orange. (laughs) Shit. And I am a little worried at this point. I'm like, oh, wow, this is third date material movie in your mind? (laughs) Uh, like a little crazy Kubrick. I was like, oh, look, I've seen it. Well, I'll rewatch it. I, well, here we go, I guess. That's crazy. You had a winner. You knew you had a winner there. Did you know The Shining is one also, by the way, mm-hmm. where you go, holy shit. What about uh, Training Day? Was that just intense? Tra- well, Training Day was great and it was intense, but at the end of it, 
it kind of felt like a good story because Ethan Hawke's character prevails. You know? Oh, oh I have one. Boys in the Hood he, fuck with me. Fuck, that was rough to me. Uh, there's a movie called The Strangers. Oh, oh yeah. I don't do home invasion. I do not take any home invasion. Home in, any home in, yes, any home invasion okay. movie for me really fucks with me. Yeah, it either, it either makes me really angry. God damn it, they couldn't get one of those motherfuckers. Do they couldn't take <laughs> down one of them? <laughs> for me, I'd be like, I want to settle the score, or I just look and go, damn, you, there's no winning in that shit. It, it, that shit really does mess with me, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, good. I don't like them either. And you're talking oh. to the dude who. When we go to bed at night, checks both of our doors like four times a piece to make sure oh, they're locked. Like, shit. I don't fuck with home invasion movies. They shit. they mess with me. Shouldn't have brought that up. Then I'm sorry, man. No, yeah. no, it's <laughs> I totally agree. Is what I'm saying. Les, man. what was that movie when uh, about ten years ago we went and saw about the vampires in Alaska? Oh, Thirty Days of Night. Oh, great movie. Damn. Yeah, but can you imagine that? Dude? You're fucked. Fuck that. That the whole movie was down dark for 30 and days, great. And you're just and then oh, vampires, vampires are like sweet. Town, That's honestly dude. one of my favorite horror films. Yeah, yeah no, it's fantastic. It, it's a graphic novel too. Yeah, mm-hmm. hell of an idea. And they, and they just chill in they're like, up oh, thirty days, we can do whatever we want. Dude, they were kicking people's doors in. Hi, they huh. weren't even like being invited in. They were just like, oh no, that was knocking bad. houses down. Mm-hmm. And that shit like, was crazy. Ripping people out of their basements. Like, up oh, here we go. Oh, that was so when they were running on the roofs and shit. Haas, have you seen that? Yes. It is a good movie. Oh. And I read some of the comics as well, and those were pretty good, too. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good. All right, cool, man. You guys have some great great picks there. So if you want to ruin your day, just <laughs> pick one of the ones we just picked. If, if we haven't already. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There's a new tool to help studios balance the field. Have you heard about this? This was crazy when I read this. Gina Davis, who is a Oscar-winning actress... She has developed a digital tool which uses artificial intelligence to check scripts for gender bias, and the Walt Disney Company has agreed to use the tool to assess all of its upcoming film and TV projects. Pretty crazy. The Hollywood Reporter reported this, and uh, this is what they uh, pretty much said. It's named GDIQ. Um, spell check for bias is funny. The new tool leverages patent machine learning technology developed at the University of Southern California and the School of Engineering, to rapidly analyze the text of a script to determine its number of male and female characters and whether they are representative of the real population at large. The technology can discern the numbers of characters who are people of color, LGBTQI, uh, possess disabilities, or belong to other groups typically underrepresented and failed by Hollywood storytelling. Crazy. You know, kind of cool that Disney's jumping up on this and, uh, um, and trying to level the playing field. What do you guys think about this? Like running a script through an AI to be, that's how fucked up our society is that we have to have a computer tell us um, what is a level playing field. Man. (laughs) It's a a crazy one, right? I'm trying to wrap my head around it on, on one hand. Like I think it depends so much on the story that you want to tell, because in certain segments of population, you have this curve versus this curve. And I, I don't know. I the fact that there's a need for it's a bit of a bummer. And I don't mean because I'm not right. saying the fact that there's right. a need for it because people are too damn sensitive. That's not what I mean. <clears throat> Just the fact that this is still a thing is a bit of a bummer. Yeah. But I, I mean, hey, it's it's an innovative way to look into the thing. I I think that 
I still feel a little bit like it's going to be a you can't win scenario if somebody's going to people can poke holes in the like the logarithmic sure. or algorithmic aspect of it regardless <laughs> but anyway it, they're, they're trying something and that's neat yeah i uh it, it is kind of odd that we have to do this but going back to the let's just talk nfl for a second uh less the rooney rule if I'm not mistaken, is mm. where they have to interview someone of color, at least two people. Even if you're gonna, you know who you're gonna hire, yeah, you, you have, to have to interview through, yeah. and put them through. And this is when there was the population of coaches, African American coaches, was about one percent. And people bitched about this Rooney Rule. They're saying this going to do more harm than good. You're forcing people to do interviews when they know they're not going to get the job. This is bullshit. Everybody should be equal. <clears throat> blah blah blah. But you move ten years down the line and you look at the NFL coaching. And you got about, I think, about 50% that are people of color. No matter how shitty people thought it was, at the end of the day, it's working. So maybe this is something where we might have to be forced and check ourselves and studios wise, you know, for the studios. And maybe in 10 years, we don't need this computer system because it's already embedded in our DNA that it is a level playing field. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too positive about it, but. No, I agree with you. I agree. This this is something that if you leave it to people's own devices, they're always going to find a way around it. I think this will at least go, hey, hey, population shows this, your script shows none of this, and yeah. you need to fix it. I mean, it doesn't mean that people have to do that. You know what I mean? It's just one, like you said, with the Rooney rule, it's like they interviewed the coaches, even though they knew, hey, we're hiring this guy, but we're going to go ahead and do this thing. In some cases, they were like, wait a minute, this guy's interview was so awesome. That's exactly what I'm saying. We're going to do that. We're so, not going to hire the guy we thought we were going to hire. This guy's amazing. So for this, that's, that should, how, this is not saying it's the end all be all or the, you know, this is the hammer, mm-hmm. but just it's something to suggest and say, look, this is what you guys may want to go for. Here you go. And that's awesome. I mean, my main thoughts on it is the fact that they had to develop a complex program to fix this is a bummer. Like the fact that it it is is. an issue is a bummer. Yeah. And do I think an AI program to scan scripts for this sort of thing is going to be the end all be all answer to that problem? Probably not. But if it starts everything off in a better direction and starts fixing this problem a little bit, then why not? Why not give it a shot? Right. Exactly. And hopefully this becomes a positive thing. Gosh, we're talking about tools. I picked this because this is my favorite tool song. <laughs> That's the only reason, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, Eric's a big fan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Odd that this is your favorite tool song and you live in California. Yeah, that's why I love it because Maynard <laughs> is so right about everything he says. So pretty much the song's about California splitting up and being washed over and and getting a big old anima because it's a circus sideshow. Obviously, I picked Tool because our guest is probably the biggest Tool fan that I've ever met. And they are back and they're back with a vengeance. 
and yeah. they're such great musicians and I want to get Eric's take on Tool and I've heard a little bit of Eric's take on Tool and when I've talked to him before about him go with you sir Haas when did you get into them what is the main thing you love about them yeah give us your take on Tool um so I got into them I would say probably my junior sophomore or junior year of high school is when I remember first really getting into them. And I was aware of them before. Like, I vividly remember the first time I saw a Tool video. I was sitting on the floor in my room as a kid, and my parents passed down the old family TV to me. It was one of those big, like, floor model TVs with, like, the wood grain. and <laughs> Right. It was like mm-hmm. a piece of furniture unto itself. Oh, those were the best. And... uh I'd been playing Nintendo 64 and I turned it off and turned on MTV and there was a a tool video playing. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it freaks me the hell out. (laughs) Like, cause their, their videos are pretty fucked up, especially back then. And so like, I didn't get into them immediately after that. It was one of my cousins that really got me into them. And, uh, yeah, that's when I got into them. What do I like most about them? They're the best band ever. (laughs) <laughs> Just listen to that fucking musicianship. Ah, oh, they're so like, good. Like, they are the heir apparent of some of the best classic rock bands, in my opinion. I really like what they do. I love the the uh, poetic nature of their lyrics. Like, I know a lot of people prefer sort of the first two albums, the more grungy stuff. But I actually like their more prog rocky stuff that they mm-hmm. moved into yeah. after that. That's m- more of my favorite type of stuff. And I just, I think as a, a complete package, all of those dudes in the band, the music they create, the visuals, sort of the weirdness of their. Yeah. The darkness. Whole, yeah. And another thing is like when I was in high school, like angry tool, like the first two albums, Undertow and Anima, and and their EP Opiate. Opiate, like, yeah, yeah. When I was a like a angry little shithead in high school, they were perfect. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, like the more spiritual and like mystic side of Tool that they moved into was exactly what I needed. So it felt like they, as a band, they almost sort of grew up and matured along with me if that makes sense i know it might sound a little goofy no it makes little, to, makes so heady sense. but absolutely thank you raj i remember the first video i saw was uh sober mm-hmm. and then when stink fist came out i was like oh hell yeah and then i think we were riding in in your car one day and you were playing tool and i'm like i fucking love tool and you're like i do too and we yeah. were really, like we just connected over that and uh i think you said something you're like dude there's so much movement in their songs well, yeah, because I, I mean, you guys all know I'm a huge Rush fan, right? And I love Rush because right. if, when I listen to Rush, I feel like I'm listening to an orchestra mm-hmm. playing rock music, yeah. right? Like progressive rock. Tool ramps that up another level, which they're harder and they're darker, but I feel like I'm listening to a composed, orchestrated mu- song when I'm listening yes. to a Tool song. It has different yeah. movements and yeah, that they're, uh, that's why I love them. They, they remind me of Rush, even though they don't sound anything like Rush, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Oh, I think it's an apt comparison, though. Okay. Like, I think, I think you can make comparisons, especially with the later stuff, to Rush. A little Pink Floyd is in there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't think they're a band where you listen to them and you go, oh, like, these guys hurt Dark Side of the Moon and just tried to do that all over again. But I think the influences are clearly there, along with stuff like 
King Crimson, uh-huh. and, you know, stuff Absol- like that. Absolutely. Mr. Strothers, you musical professional. I get to see butt plugs and people. What is your take on Tool? They're super great at what they do. They have such a defined sound that, you know, you don't even have to wait for for Maynard's vocals to come in. You know that's Tool. Either that or it's a band trying to sound just like them. You know what I'm saying? They have mm. that recognizable of a sound. And I do like their more prog stuff. I find it more interesting in the long term. Uh, the comparison to Rush is really good because there's so many time signature shifts and all that means is is like the for people who aren't hip to all that lingo it's just like whenever it suddenly seems like the whole beat gets thrown off And now the so the pause. <laughs> he had asked me. He, he was in a. Why don't you just tell the story, Haas? Yeah. So I don't know. About two months before the new album came out, I was hardcore on the Tool Reddit, their subreddit, on mm-hmm. some fan message boards, and like this stupid argument over how many time <laughs> changes there are in one of their songs broke out. <laughs> and despite my better judgment, I got mixed up into it. So what do I do? I go to the two dudes that I know would know the answer to this. I go to Eric Struthers and my buddy Steve, mm-hmm. and I send them a message and I say, hey, how many time signatures are in this song? Now, to Eric's credit, my buddy Steve got the text and was like, fuck you. I'm not counting all that. Are you crazy? <laughs> a hell of a lot. Eric actually tried to do the homework and give me a legitimate answer. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I came back like, okay, are we talking about how many times does it change or how many time signatures are there actually in there? <laughs> right, because it's all open to interpretation and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's but, great. That's great. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that yeah, explains I took it, it all right there. Man. Yeah, I, I can imagine. But, so what was the answer? But I... I do. I do. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's 95. Well, because here's yeah. the thing, too. The, you can count the beginning depending on it with no reference. There's no drums, right? You could count it this way versus this way. Then later on, when that section reprises in the song, then you're like, oh, well, crap. Okay, well, here's the beat. Now I got to think about it like this. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. I notated that all wrong. I counted it all wrong. That yeah. sort of thing. Right. It's it's definitely open to interpretation. Yeah. Uh, and like I I tried to just Google it. I was like, this is an easy answer. Somebody's <laughs> going to know this answer. And every answer I found is different. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm still a little bummed that we couldn't get tickets to come and hang out with you guys and see them. Like the, the biggest bummer to me about that is we knew they were going on tour. We knew yeah. when the album was coming out, we knew the album was coming out for like four months before it came out. Right. And the week before tickets go on sale, they're like, Hey, here's the tour. It, like it gave us zero time to prepare or strategize or 
anything. Yeah, that's true. And but, yeah, but I think Haas, even if we did, I think we would have been asked out. It, that thing went yeah. so quickly, and so many of our friends tried to get tickets. Uh, we're still trying. Hopefully, uh, we can try to. I don't know. Hopefully, we're trying to pop, get tickets popped up or something. I don't know. Les and I are trying to figure out a way to get there somehow, I, some way. I hope you guys get to go. I mean, they I are. I mean, obviously, I I'm biased, but like, they're the best live band I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. uh, I know we talked about it. Was it on here? Or was it on an episode of Blue Harvest after you guys? I Maybe it was when I had it. you guys on Blue Harvest. Yeah, we I were. Think we talked about it on both. I think. Yeah, because I know and we, like Les Boo and I went to go see them, which was amazing you know nobody is going to call them the greatest showman ever they're not exactly the most energetic band on stage they kind of just stand there but the production and like it doesn't matter like everything they have going on and the fact that they're pulling off that music live to me at least is that's all i need that's That's worth the price of admission alone they're actually opposite of showman maynard is in the back he doesn't yeah. go to the front to be the front man. He's in the yeah. back, with very close to the drummer on on the uh, right hand Dan, side. Danny Carey. Yeah. Um, so, no, you're absolutely right. I have two crazy tool, yeah. tool well, one crazy tool story, and then because I've seen them probably f- five times in my life, but the very right. first time, first time I ever saw them, I don't know, if, I don't know if I told you, Haas, but the first time I ever saw them. It was in right here in California. It was in Pomona, if, if I remember correctly. It was probably ni- 1995. And <laughs> that's right before they blew up, though. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They were starting to blow up. 97. Was, is- well, Undertow came out in 93, 94, I think, cause. Am I correct? Uh, so Opiate was 92. Yeah. Undertow was 94. Four, yeah. Uh, and then Enema was 96, towards the end of 96, right. I think. It was before Enema. It was before Enema. Mm-hmm. And we, we're, we're, on, we're packed house, and people are going crazy, and then this tool comes out, and this girl with a bikini comes out. Oh, that's and right. And she's dancing, and I was like, this is very odd, because may, this doesn't feel like Tool. Like, Tool wouldn't do right. this. And so she's dancing, and then all of a sudden, guys are like, Big like football players are like freaking out. They're like in heaven. They're like, oh, hell yeah, blah, blah, blah. show me, your, you know, all this shit. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to say a damn thing. She starts stripping and stuff. And then she takes her bottom off and she has a massive penis. Yep. Yeah. You should have seen their faces, the guys that were so pumped up. It was like classic. What, one of my favorite stories <laughs> is they played the uh, Scientology Center. Like, they have, like, a music venue somewhere over there, right? Wow. Or used to. Right. Um, they were one of the first bands that got booked. And for the first 20 minutes, Maynard just bleated like a sheep into the microphone at them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could totally see that. I could totally see that. The second uh, story I have is not really a tool story, but it ha- it involves them. When Lollapalooza was going on, and I saw them there, actually, I think the very first time, um, Lollapalooza used to travel. They're the ones that started this yes. whole festival thing. Yeah, was was mm-hmm. Perry Farrell and Lollapalooza, and it was Allison Chains headlining with Primus headlining. It was Primus headlining, Allison Chains, Tool, Arrested Development. It was it was it was a Rage Against the Machine opened up the entire thing before they were big. Mm-hmm. They were it was huge. But when when that uh, Fishbone was there, I don't know if you remember Fishbone. Yep. So, something happened where Fishbone, um, one of the trumpet players, got kidnapped, 
And oh my yeah, god, really weird. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that was kidnapped a big by one. Yeah. a cult. Yes, and it was, it was and then they tried to brainwash him. Yeah, they brainwash him, yeah. and then he needed money for legal stuff. So they did a little mini festival concert to raise money at the Hollywood Palladium, which only holds about twenty five hundred people. But it was Allison Chains doing a, an acoustic set. It was Primus. It was uh, the Chili Peppers showed up. No doubt was there before they were huge. It was everybody at Lollapalooza. Tool wasn't there, but Primus comes out. And they do immigrant song, and Maynard comes out and does the screaming of the, oh, the cool. of the intro. Wow. Yeah, it was very very cool. But I've seen Tool uh, many times just recently with these guys, and they were just unbelievable. And and Boo, that was your first experience watching them. Yes, right? yes, no, definitely no. That that was nuts. Yeah, no, Haas is hundred percent right. Where, yeah, you know, they might not be the best showman, but the show that they put on. Fucking nuts! Yeah, it crazy. is nuts, and, and that was yeah. an outdoor venue. Exactly, yeah. I was in an outdoor venue, an in, indoor venue. Oh sure fuck, I would lost yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, the, what is their uh, what is it the their light show? Light show, oh, yeah. just everything that they provide is awesome. And one of the things that I love the most is that you know there's always every every band has a front man. Yeah. I didn't feel like Tool has a frontman. No, he purposely no. doesn't. And it's and yeah. that's bitching to me. That's something that that stood out to me right away. You see them and you're just like this is they're not they are there for each other, for mm-hmm. the band mm-hmm. and for the music. They don't give a shit about anything else. Yeah, they we just, we really only saw a silhouette of Maynard for about the first hour. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so 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 when I saw that I was like that is fucking awesome. And yeah, of course the music's bitching. So yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, I have a uh I have a playlist on my YouTube channel that I put together for Boo for that show. Yes, you did. Thank you. Yeah, He could do some homework, and every time (laughs) I log into my YouTube and I go to my playlist, I get a little smile. Oh, thank you. I know. I know. I really appreciate it. There you go. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we got a lot of people to go to that show. It was great. Yeah, that was awesome. We had like 15 of us rolling. It was was a great time. That was awesome. We did a Music Minute tool. That was great talking about it. Let's jump into comic book TV movie news. But this one's not about TV or movies, but it's about a ride. Now, we're all stoked about Galaxy's Edge and going on the rides, and people that haven't been there yet are going to definitely do it when they come for a celebration. But it looks like there's a Spider-Man ride that's going to be coming to California Adventure, the new Avengers Campus, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. So here's the crazy thing here. Um, At New York Comic Con... Do they have the rights to that? Yeah, they have the rights to that. Just check it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing with the theme parks yeah, where, where Universal owns Marvel characters for theme parks on the East Coast. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't like, know that. Really? Yeah, oh, that's shit. why when you go to Universal Studios in Orlando yep. in like the uh, Islands of Adventure Park, like they've yeah. got like a Hulk roller coaster. I've and always wondered ride. that. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. Yeah. That's a trip. Okay, so on the East Coast, they have the right. So this is definitely not coming to the East Coast then because at New York Comic Con, Scott Drake, who is a creative executive at Walt Disney Imagineering, explained what we are going to be able to do on this ride. When the mischief that Peter Parker gets in where spider bots are released all over Avengers Campus, he needs all of our help. That's where we set up. We get into these vehicles and we go on this crazy adventure through all different parts of the campus, cleaning up and slinging webs right to Spider-Man and trying to help him out. And so you're going to be able to do a Peter Parker, dude. You're going to be able to sling a web, which is kind of crazy. I don't know what the technology is so far, but who knows nowadays, man? Is, I, is it going to be VR? I, I, 
I don't know. I don't know if they're going to give you something. There's more. no way we're sitting in like a th- like Star Tours. Or it is. Whatever. It is. But it's moving. But the, the picture I saw, everybody's sitting like Star Tours, but it looks like you're moving around like the entire Avenger campus. I don't know. Hmm. I So I read an article about it, and it kind of made me – they didn't use this as a reference point, but it kind of made me wonder if it's going to be sort of the – the next evolution of like that Buzz Lightyear ride at Disneyland. That's that's you what know, I like, was thinking. That's interesting, yeah, because like where you're sitting in there, you have a little gun yes. and things like that. Yeah, that's they, what I was they, thinking. They mentioned that in this article as well, uh, Haas. So I think that would be really cool if like you're you know whipping around, slinging webs, and like maybe they even score you at the end. Like that could be really cool. Yeah, that would be rad. That would be amazing. And at the end, hopefully, you get like a money shot. Oh, Lord. What? Oh, I didn't mean it that way. Lordy. You've got to stop, man. Lordy. Malik will be hearing this in about 12 to 15 years. And that's and why I'm doing this. I'm, I'm prepping you. him up. Luminous. You. <laughs> I know you're going to hear luminous ass corks. Yeah. That's like, the name of this episode. Listen, let's be honest. Malik is going to know before he hears the podcast. <laughs> you know? Like, he's going to know what kind of dude his dad is. He's going to be like, <laughs> so, he's a solid guy, but... Every now and then, he might make a fucking money shot joke. Mm-hmm. There it is. Yeah, there it okay. is. Okay. There it is. He's just going to shake his head. Yeah. We, had our oppor- we had our opportunity last week when Eric wasn't there. For what? A money shot? No, 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 no. Oh, no, Jesus. No, 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 good, no, thing no. I missed, good thing I missed that episode. <laughs> no, I'm ta- Fuck. I'm talking about talking. <laughs> Woo! We really didn't. We, really, we, we were pretty, we're, we're pretty conservative last week. We have an, what, are you, what are you trying to say? We have an email from Dylan. Go ahead, Les. Read Dylan's email. Hey, Sith listeners. It's been a while since I've emailed in. I got a new job where I can't listen to podcasts. So I've been slowly catching up, but I'm finally quit. caught up. I managed to watch <laughs> Joker this weekend and was floored. Mm. Since I saw it, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. What I like most is that if you had no knowledge of who the Joker was, you'd still be entertained by this movie. I think those make the best kind of comic book movie because they appeal to the general audience just as much as they do the comic book community. Keep up the good work. Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. I appreciate that. And we're going to dive into the Joker next week, but um, I'm glad you didn't ask us a question because we've been able to answer it this week. But I'm glad um, that you I'm glad that you loved it. Dylan wrote into Rogue One this week. Oh, cool. And, and had a very similar opening where he's talking about how he hasn't had time to to listen to the show. And let me say, you guys were much more polite about it than one Mr. Johnny Grosso was. So. <laughs> Johnny probably ripped them up. Huh? Wow. No, nah, not really <laughs> ripped him, but he was like, Dylan, what are you doing? Uh, we need, it's called working. We need, it's get, okay. we need to get Johnny back on yeah, here. Yeah, we do. I miss, to, I miss talking to Johnny. Get that guy from Johnny's Jersey got a back. great new gig. He's doing well. He's doing well. I'm very happy for Mr. Grosso. And Dylan, thank you. And thank you for listening to us again. And uh, quit your job. <laughs> now, we have another email from Nathaniel. I wonder if this is about the Joker. Probably. This is about the Joker, but we can answer. We can all answer this question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hey guys, this is Nathaniel. Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks buddy. My first question to you guys was about a year ago and it was simply, what is your favorite version of the Joker? And that was due to the fact that there was a lot of buzz about the filming of the Joker. Now that the film is out, I'm going to ask a simple but similar question. And that is rank the Jokers from least best to best. Mm. Meaning that they're all damn good. I see his list here. He's missing one. So his, here's his list. Mark Hamill, Cesar Romero, Joaquin Phoenix, Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and then he's missing Nicholson. Oh, yes, he is. So Nathaniel, yeah, you got to put Nicholson in there, buddy. Well, we can do that for you. For me, well, it's going to be hard for you guys because you haven't seen the Joker. 
You yeah. haven't seen Joaquin we'll, Phoenix's. We'll we'll take him out. We'll put him as an asterisk. Okay, I won't, I won't answer this till next week. Yeah, I, we'll I know Boo's going to say Mark Hamill first. Absolutely, right. That's my number one too. Attaboy. Really? Well, he's yeah, he's absolutely. pretty amazing. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Um, but he's it's animated though. So, but he's wow. still you of all people. Joker, like you love animated uh, shit. Yeah, I do, but animated joker tread lightly. is oh man it's it's great he was a killing joke it's joker great it, we just i don't think we'll ever get a physical joker as good as hamill i think that's just you put that somewhere else oh i see that's my way, that's to, my way to rebound on that one buddy no but that's the point is yes he's obviously when you have an animated version and he's doing his thing and he's traipsing around when you play in the arkham games and he's just bouncing around mm-hmm. when he's that's hamill too all over the place in the dc mo- animated movies you're like this is and, and i don't think we'll get anything like that you know what i mean we, it's just not coming mean. but yeah that's wow i'm not even gonna touch it anymore i'm good okay good i appreciate that you did okay Hazel, what do you say <laughs> your number one your number one is uh hamill as well uh number one is hamill number two is jack nicholson number three is heath ledger and number 14 is Jared Leto. Yeah, I know you <laughs> love Leto. Yeah. I say it's a it's a hard line for me between Hamill and uh, Nicholson. But mm-hmm. probably Hamill, I'd say, is my number one. Okay, cool. I think it's always going to be that. Because yeah. Nicholson was, when Tim Burton brought Batman, you know what I mean? That was like... Okay, this is it. Knocked all the Adam West stuff out of there. It just booted everything out, and it just changed everything. Like it, it blew the door open, really. And what we get now is everything's a take on that or based off that. You kind of want to stay in that dark night mm-hmm. of Gotham kind of thing. And yeah, and and Nicholson's Joker was as crazy as it gets. Dude. Yeah, he was cool. Mark Hamill had a quick take on the Joker. The this is what he tweeted out. The Joker movie opens today. The awesome Joaquin Phoenix, Top Phillips, and Scott Silver brilliantly reimagine the character as never seen before. Two thumbs up from the old school comic book version. Me. So he really liked it, which is mm. pretty cool. They got the blessing from the man, which is awesome. Now, I wanted to talk about Hellstrom because I didn't know what the hell this was about. Oh, no yeah. pun intended. I was hoping that maybe Hawes and Les would know. So Marvel's first horror series has found its cast. They're going to be on Hulu. Marvel's Hellstrom centers around Damien and Anna Hellstrom, the son and daughter of the mysterious and powerful serial killer. The siblings have a complicated dynamic as they track down the ter- terrorizing worst of humanity, each with their attitude and skills. I've never heard of this. I didn't even know Marvel did this. This is something I'm not familiar with, so okay. I'm ready yeah. to be educated myself. Yeah. Okay, I have a fringe knowledge, but if I thought... Hellstrom is supposed to be the son of Mephisto, which is the basically the Marvel version of the devil. Um, right. Ghost Rider goes up against Mephisto. Okay. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you know that Peter Parker made a deal with Mephisto for uh, to bring back one Mary Jane Watson. Um, I saw a movie when I was in college called Mephisto. Don't do it. The, the smirk on you. Oh, Luminous. Looking. That's all I gotta say the, is luminous. Uh, really? I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, gentlemen. <laughs> Anyways, for me, what I could draw the most conclusion to uh, or comparison to is there's a character in DC Comics called John Constantine, and maybe right. this would be as close as it gets. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Eric is shaking his head. Y'all I'm need so, Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all need Jesus. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Right when you flicked the thing and the camera came up and I see Eric plugging his, like, covering his face. I'm like, oh, Eric is covering man. his mouth and his face is shaking it. Uh, he's, he's, just, about he's just a guy that got an eye full of flashing butt plugs. I know, right? Shaking his head. Like, I know, exactly. You know like, you messed up. I know, yeah, that's that true. that should tell you a lot about where your life's at right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But this looks uh, kind of cool. So a horror f- series from Marvel yeah. going to Hulu. And it opens up, which, okay, now I'm going to say this, and maybe Haas could giggle at Uh-oh. this or at least get interested in this. If you start talking about the limbo and that realm in Marvel Comics, then that opens up another avenue to bring the X-Men to the Marvel Universe. Mm. There's a story called Inferno, which the X-Men basically had to fight hell. Shit. Okay. So that for me, there you go. The more the more things they start placing out there on the check on the board, the more they go, okay, we're I'm sure they have a reason for all these things. Other than just yeah. the content. Hey, I mean, honestly, with the Hulu series, I'm just worried we're gonna be in the same boat as the Netflix series <laughs> where they're kind of connected to the movies, but they're mm-hmm. not really, Yeah, you know, that always kind of bummed me out that like they didn't really lean into the connections very hard, like very like uh sort of surface level connections to the movies and those Netflix series and little references here and there. So I hope that they start bridging them a little more and, with Disney actually owning like such a big stake in Hulu now, maybe they'll be more uh, inclined to do that sort of thing. Exactly but right. I guess we'll and, see. and maybe now, because now we see a show like this going to be on Hulu because it's a little bit more, like a different level, might be a little bit more violent and darker. Maybe those shows come back to Hulu now, or well, shows like that. And and you know what? If I'm not mistaken, I think Hellstrom has ties to Doctor Strange in some way, shape, or form. There, there's mm. something okay. there. I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm not going to claim I know it all. I know just a little bit. It would make sense. You know more than most. That would be the case. And even if they're loosely connected, they're getting these actors to play in these series. You know what I mean? They're getting the ones that play the actors on the big screen to play on the small screen. So the sky's the limit. I don't, I don't see an issue with, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch being Dr. Strange in a Hellstrom series, you know, it'd be just popping in. You mean? Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. You know, like there it is. Oh shit. Hey. And these guys jumping to the, I, I would hope that they could do more than the Netflix show. And like you said, owning the properties and being able to say, okay, let's go ahead and bring some of these, you know, just have, you know, even cameos and all that stuff would still be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I th- we're going to end this thing with just one last thing. Martin Scorsese had a take on comic book movies. One of the most prolific directors of our time uh, was asked while he was on a junket for the Irishman about, I think he was asked about the Joker, even though he was the one of the executive producers at the time, and then he left, and Bradley Cooper's company went in and took over. This is what he said about uh, comic book films. I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well-made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of the human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Now, Robert Downey Jr. came back and said, it's his opinion. I mean, it plays in theaters. I appreciate his opinion because I think it's like anything. We need all the different perspectives so we can come together and move on. 
Robert Downey wants to be in a Scorsese film. But he also said, a.k.a. fuck off. Well, Samuel Jackson pretty much said. Well, yeah, but Samuel Jackson doesn't give a fuck. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. does want to be in a movie of his. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's your take? Mr. Struthers, I'm going to go with you. What's your take on this? Uh, you see... Obviously, we love our Star Wars. We love the movies. We all things that we talk about on this podcast. Obviously, we have the opinion that they're legitimate cinema. But does Martin Scorsese have? Is there any any weight into what he's saying here? I think that it's disappointing the the attitude toward it. It's if okay, just as an example, if a classical violinist or a conductor. If they were to like take a shit on pop music and say that it's not viable music mm. because it doesn't hit these particular criteria, here's the deal. It's art. It it speaks to people, maybe not to you, but it speaks to a certain contingent of people on a certain level. How does it, what defines cinema? What defines whether or not something is music, for example? And it honestly, while of course everybody's entitled to their opinion, it just comes off being very pompous and condescending yes. to me personally. It does. It is disappointing. Really disappointing. Especially coming from him. Because he's done like, what was that Hugo film? It was a kid's film. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that easily could have been a comic book film for kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of genre. I know he he has his genre. I, think, I, I love his yeah, films. Yeah, that's the but, point I was going to say. I think he's coming from that genre, but it, it's, yeah, you just, I mean, it's all cinema. Like Robert Downey said, you know, RDJ says it plays in theaters. Like you're going to see a show, whether you're going to see Shakespearean drama or Punch and Judy, you know what I mean? You're still going to the experience of cinema or theater you know it is it's that's exactly what it is they don't call it the you know movie stadium or movie arena you know it's mm -hmm. a theater like you're going to cinemas well that's just him it. saying human beings trying to convey emotional psychological experience well, that's all over the place isn't that the essence of what we all love about everything that we listen uh, what we watch in yes. spider-man homecoming he had to overcome a great psychological mm -hmm. you know issue and rise to the occasion like that's all it is about you know you, you basically take the story of rocky and you just give these guys superpowers and you know right. that's that like and even in star wars where it's not a comic book film but when when vader says i am your father yes that is a psychological fucking mind, yeah. mind yeah. fucking trip oh yeah mm -hmm. so i i don't know where he's really coming from haas uh, i'm sure you agree with the same thing yeah man i mean like look i do think it's silly what he said, absolutely. Like, I don't agree with it. Um, I don't think everything has to be a Martin Scorsese level production to be of value. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it sounds a little bit sour grapey to me where he's like, you know, my movies aren't making the money they used to be. <laughs> right. Like, like, look what the biggest movie in the world is. It's a comic book movie or, you know, a space fantasy movie or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But like, on the other hand, I also think it's silly when people are like, Shut up, Martin Scorsese. You don't know nothing. Because obviously <laughs> the dude is legendary. But I mean, I'm not going to let what Martin Scorsese says about comic book movies affect my enjoyment of them at all. I don't nope. care what he thinks about them. Yeah. Like, I'm still going to go see them. And you know what? I'm more likely to spend my 50 bucks not, you know, out 
going to see a movie and doing all that stuff, seeing one of these movies he doesn't like than whatever he's doing nowadays. Right. Yeah, I think that might be the case that people would rather spend money on 3D and CGI than, you know, and wait for Goodfellas to come on the, the you know, at home. You could sit at home and eat. Exactly. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? And you can sit home and enjoy your Italian dinner while watching Goodfellas that's exactly or right. a Bronx Tale or whatever it is that he's done, which is all great and critically acclaimed, but I'm going to go sit and watch Endgame. I'm going to go see, you know, Far From Home. I'm going to see Doctor Strange. You know, yeah. I'd rather go sit there with a big tub of popcorn and I make a lot of noise. So we can that's fucking, it. Yeah. No, that's never do. That's interesting. You said that because, yeah, because what Martin Scorsese was saying reminded me of what Spielberg said when he get when he shat on Netflix and yeah. Hulu and other yeah. things like that, even though he is signed on to do Apple TV, which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. Really interesting. Oh. That that big oh. of a paycheck. And he's like, oh, I didn't, he hasn't rebuked it or anything like that. But I was like, wow, the hypocrisy is abundant here. How but, dare you, sir? Yeah, I was like, wow. Okay, okay. But yeah, uh, I, I think it's old-fashioned, um, kind of dense, just unhappy thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I think this sadly it shows their age. You know, it is disappointing, somewhat annoying, but at, at most it's sad. It it's is sad. sad. You know, to see you know these you know you know Spielberg and Scorsese. Hopefully, I, I'm sure others feel about it the same way. Hopefully, we don't find out, so we don't get more disappointed. Sure. But yeah, no, it is. It you know it's it's like one of those like damn, you guys are old. Yeah, and. You guys have been left in the dust. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say that you guys still make great movies, and I love 90 percent of the movies that they put out. But yeah, you guys, you guys are, you guys are old hat, and it is being shown now, and that's a sad realization. That is sad. Yeah, it's not. It is more sad than it is disappointing or annoying. That's that. That's the thing that really hits for me. I'm like, fuck you guys. You guys are. It's over. You guys are done. No, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I, well, I hope the Irishman does well. It's, it's oh, it looks amazing. It's getting a lot of great, yeah. a lot of great press. But in his statement, he pretty much sums it up. And Les was talking about it too. And so was Haas. Spending fifty bucks on a film where you want to go and feel like you're in an amusement park and watch something that you're going to be yeah, like enthralled with. It's a yeah. full movie experience. You'd rather because of Netflix now and all the streaming services, you'd rather not go spend money. On something like that in the theater because you can get it on your streaming service at home. So it's back to your uh, movies that ruin can ruin your day. Schindler's List is one of those movies. Oh, oh Jesus! Oh, as good as come it on is. now. When I do saw that? my friend came to me and okay, think about it, dude. You go List to the theater. Rough. My friend's like, we you got to go see Schindler's List. No, you got to see rough. that shit. That was I'm rough. like, okay, we went and saw it, and I sat in the theater. and I'm like, why am I in here? Like, why am I in this place? That was a beautiful could, movie, though. It was a great movie, but I was like, "This is this is horrible." You're getting you're paying this to be is destroyed. Yeah. Just to get upset. Yes, I. Some movies you you know, and you come out of there and you're just like, "Dude, man, that's that's humanity. Like, mm-hmm. that's a story about humanity." Yeah, that actually happened. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather go sit and watch. James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy two, and just start bopping up and down when Baby Groot's dancing all over the place. And I'm sitting there just like, oh, hell yeah, dude. At 40-something years old, mm-hmm. I'm a kid again. Like, that's the kind but, of story. But I do believe there is place for art Oh, and there's as well. a place for because all of that. when you go see Joker, you don't feel great. Like, but you come out of there going, wow, that was a fucking masterpiece. That yes. He spent $55 million, and he did that with it. That's unreal. It's, it's really good. Right. So I, I, I guess you can take both angles. It's just, but. yeah, what are you looking for? 
And yeah. it, it, it kind of sucks that a, a legend like him yeah, it's isn't a, endorsing sad things. Sad and disappointing. But you know what? Each their own, too. All right, guys. I think that wraps up this week in Geek. Mr. Burkhart, thank you so much for coming on, my man. Thanks Tell, for having me on. Yeah, we love having you on. Hopefully we can have Actually, you on more and more. Long, huh? It's been it too long. It has been too long. Yeah, it's been way too long. Let the fine people out there know where they can listen to you and subscribe to your Patreon. I'm at uh, Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter. So you can find all the podcast information on there. Uh, I do Blue Harvest Podcast. We have a Patreon. And I do Rogue One with uh, Johnny Grosso and Mike Pappas. And that's yeah. one with a W. One with a W, and that'll be all in the show notes. Just click and subscribe. Mr. Struthers, where can people find your luminous being of a <laughs> hunk of a man? Oh, I really appreciate the plug. You can oh! <laughs> check. <laughs> oh, no. Man, oh. check out my other podcast, The Bad Motivators. And a uh, big thanks to Cruiser for filling in for me last week. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Eric Struthers. Mr. Carlos Borgware, where can people... I had a joke to say about that. I'm not going to say, say it. Go ahead. You can Please. Say it. I'm not going into say that. I'm not, not slacking down that hole, man. And it ain't about oh, oh, poor choice of words. Oh, you guys. Yeah. Oh, no. You said it without saying it. Yeah. Stop it. You, you can find me on Twitter at the Sith List, boo. All right, Mr. Dark Hole, where can people find you? Oh, goodness gracious, man. It's, you can find me on Twitter at LessIsMore78. And you can find me at the Sithless on Twitter. And you can, again, email us, thesithless at gmail.com. Last week, I said that Andy Campbell was going to be on this week. I lied. He's going to be on next week on episode number 167. So make sure you tune in to listen to the great Andy Campbell with us. And Fuck check, yeah. Yeah. And check us out next week on episode number 167 of the Sithless. I'm your-